0: Coming to you from somewhere in sanctuary, this is episode 354 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. This episode is called Union Busting is Disgusting. It is April 8, 2022, and this is Jen. So I'm going to start off here with a Washington Post article. Well, I guess it's technically the Washington Post, but you knew what I meant. They have an article they posted on April 4th titled Activision Blizzard Employees Walk Out Over Lifting of Vaccine Mandate. These shenanigans happened before the thing I titled the show with, and we'll get there. Uh, as you may remember if you listened to the previous episode that uh, the at least one of the high-ups in um, Activision Blizzard decided to just drop their vaccine mandates altogether and to require most, if not all, employees to return to the office. Those two things together are going to get people sick. So here's what happened next. Activision Blizzard employees staged a virtual walkout Monday in protest of the company's decision last week to rescind its coronavirus vaccine mandate for workers, according to multiple employees who participated. It is the game publisher's fourth walkout since July of 2021, as the company continues to grapple publicly with multiple workplace issues. That's putting it politely. The walkout was organized in response to a March 31st email to staff from Activision Blizzard executive Brian Bulatow. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. I'm going to go with that one. Announcing the company would no longer require employees to receive the vaccine before returning to in-person work. On April 1st, following pushback from employees led by the ABK Workers Alliance, Bulatow clarified that despite the policy shift, leadership of the company's different major studios For example, Activision Publishing, Blizzard, and King would be able to, quote, determine the processes and policies that work best for their employees and locations based on local conditions and risk, end quote despite the company-wide policy change. Mike Yubara, the president of Blizzard Entertainment, said that for now, the vaccine mandate would remain in place at Blizzard offices, a decision that was echoed by several other ABK offices. Ahead of Monday's walkout, the ABK Workers Alliance, which organized the company's previous walkouts, posted a statement to Twitter calling for the company to, quote, make working from home an equal and equitable option for all employees and to reinstate the vaccine mandate at Activision Blizzard-owned studios that have not already done so. Approximately 117 workers participated in the walkout according to a Twitter post from the ABK Workers Alliance. Um, They were originally going to do it in person but there were um, some people were sick and there were some weather conditions so they decided to do a digital demonstration to have people that worked for uh, Blizzard or Activision or King to post photos online of their at-home uh, desk, like their computer and all this, because they were working from home, you know, right then. So that's what they did. They used the hashtag SickOfThis and the hashtag GameWorkersUnite. I'll read you a little more from this Washington Post article. The majority of Activision Blizzard's employees are currently allowed back to the office on a voluntary basis, and the company has not set a firm date for a formal return. Uh, Bullettau's Initial email on March 31st cited improving conditions and other quote businesses and indoor ventures across the U.S. lifting vaccine requirements and we feel it is important to align our site protocols with local guidance. The message went on to remind employees of the benefits of in-person collaboration. You know what? Those benefits don't work if you have people spreading COVID around or the flu or whatever the current cold is and you don't have your indoor workspaces ventilated properly and you don't have HEPA filters and such like that. So I don't know what that guy was thinking, but it's not a good idea for anyone to go through that, really. Um, even if you're perfectly healthy, even if you have like a really strong immune system and you've had all of the uh, COVID shots, you can still catch it. So, I mean, you know, and you won't know you have it right away. You might take it home to someone at your home who is immune compromised. It's just this is just a bad idea coming from Blizzard's higher ups altogether. Activision Blizzard's Friday statement elaborated on the return to office process, stating, quote, employees who are not comfortable returning to the office are encouraged to work with their manager and our HR team to explore options for work working arrangements that suit their individual situations. We will continue to monitor conditions and make adjustments to the policy as needed. This sounds to me like yeah, you're going to have to come in, which is about what I titled the previous show, and having to go through managers and the HR team. That's not saying Like, this is the opposite of what employees would want, especially if they are immune compromised or someone in their household is for various medical reasons, because this sounds to me, if I were working there, which I am not, they're telling you, you have to come into the office, and if you don't like it, here's some roadblocks we're putting in place to allow you to continue working from home. That's what I'm hearing from this little bit, and I don't like it. Yeah, kind of a problem there. So that's where we start today. We've got an article from Polygon that says, some Activision Blizzard studios will require proof of Vax as Worker Walkout continues. This was also on, this was on April 4th. Um, I'll give you a little bit of this article. Activision Blizzard employees walked out of work Monday to protest protest changes to the company's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Previously, the video game publisher had required employees working together in person to be vaccinated. On Thursday, it emailed staff and said that would no longer be the case. A group of workers organized and ar- announced the walkout on Friday, leading to a slight concession from management the same day. The company has since adjusted its announcement by giving, the, giving agency to individual studios who are now free to quote determine the processes and policies that work best for their employees and locations based on local conditions and risk. The baseline for the company going forward, however, will be that vaccines are not required. And that's terrible. That's a terrible, terrible decision that shows you don't care about your employees at all whatsoever. Blizzard Entertainment is one Activision Blizzard studio that will keep its vaccine requirement quote, at least for the next few months, end quote, according to an email sent to Blizzard staff and reported reported by Bloomberg writer Jason Shearer. I think I have his tweet in here somewhere. We'll get to that one. The walkout Monday emphasized two demands revised from the initial three. It was announced with, uh, announced with, for Activision Blizzard to make work from home an equitable option for all workers and reversing the lifted vaccine mandate for all studios. This is the statement that Activision Blizzard provided to Polygon. The health and safety of our employees is at the absolute forefront of everything we do, including our return to office policy. While Activision Blizzard's U.S. vaccine mandate has been lifted, for the majority of our employees, we are still operating under a voluntary return to office opportunity. In addition, employees who are not comfortable returning to the office are encouraged to work with their manager and our HR team to explore options for working arrangements that suit their individual situation. We will continue to monitor conditions and make adjustments to the policy as needed. We recognize some employees may be participating in a walkout to express their views. The company supports our employees' right to express their opinions in a safe and non threatening way and will not retaliate for any decision to participate in this walkout. The company also hopes that those who walk out will conduct themselves in a legal, safe, and non violent manner. Okay, here's the problems I see with this one. Um, Again, it's the same problem. It's well, you all have to come back to the office. Too bad about what you want. Too bad about your immune system. Too bad if you're if you've got like a baby at home that's immune system isn't quite developed yet, you know, too bad you all have to come back to office. Oh, you don't want to do that, you're not comfortable. Here's two roadblocks we're gonna put in your way to make it so you have to come back into the office. This is not the way to handle this. This is not the way to treat your employees. Seriously that last part there about, oh, we hope everyone that does the walkout will do, will conduct themselves in a legal, safe, and nonviolent manner. This is implying that the people that are doing the walkout are those kinds of people that are likely to do something illegal or unsafe or violent, and that's never been the case with any of the walkouts from here. So this is kind of, you know, it's a kind of poisoning of people who read this, because they're going to look at that and go, oh, wow, d- gee, were they, like, violent before in the walkout? And that's kind of what this company seems to be trying to perpetuate lies upon lies upon lies so there's that (laughs) um (laughs) yeah uh let's see I'll read you a little bit here. Uh, Another worker told Polygon that they're concerned with how much more expensive it is for some workers to always be at the office, specifically quality assurance and customer service roles, which are notoriously low paid. Quote, parents of younger children will be forced to bring their child into a daycare, which is expensive and could further increase the chances of infection. The worker said gas prices are increasing and most of the affordable housing is miles away from the offices. Some video game studios have embraced work from home as a permanent option for workers a move that some say has made the industry more equitable. It's meant that workers no longer have to uproot their lives and move to expensive cities to work on big games. Some places are less flexible, however, and like tech companies such as Apple, workers aren't thrilled about the change, at least not yet as COVID-19 continues to spread in communities around the globe. And I'll leave that there. You can always read everything that I talk about on the show in the show notes at shatteredsoulstone.com. So if you want to read the whole article, it'll be there. Uh, Vice.com posted an article on April 7th titled Riot Games tells workers to return to office without vaccine or mask requirements. Hmm. I'm seeing a pattern here. Y'all seeing a pattern here? I think the workers are. Um, So this is part of that article. League of Legends developer Riot Games is asking employees at its Los Angeles headquarters to return to the office without requiring masks or COVID-19 vaccines, prompting employee fears and even some resignations according to two current employees and one former employee who talked to waypoint which is something within vice it's like a category i guess i'm angry over it said a current riot employee who asked to remain anonymous over worries of retaliation it's a foolish and pointless policy being done at a poor time and being handed Handled without real guarantee of our safety. We're just playing Russian roulette with rioters health. That's an interesting phrase considering the time of, uh, considering what's going on in the world right now, but okay. Um, the biggest video game productions are made by thousands of workers, most of whom were working in large offices prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. For the past two years, they've transitioned to remote work, leaving game companies struggling to know when employees should head back to the office in the midst of the ebbs and flows of COVID-19, or if the largely successful transition to hybrid and remote work requires a more permanent change. Recently, Riot Games Chief Security Officer Christopher Himes, Himes? think so, Himes, sent a Slack message to employees who work out of the League of Legends developer's Los Angeles, California office, announcing that Riot was dropping office mask mandates, among other changes to its existing COVID-19 policy. Himes told employees Riot is also dropping required testing for employees who have not provided proof of vaccination, and said the mask change came because Los Angeles was dropping indoor mask mandates. Just because someone else is doing it doesn't mean it's good, I mean... (laughs) Seriously, I I feel like a lot of the people making these decisions, first of all, are not immune compromised or don't have anyone in their lives that is, as far as they know. Um, You know, it's not the kind of thing like I don't go around telling the world as I'm going, you know, through the world, oh, hey, I'm immune compromised. You know, some people that know me online or stuff like that probably don't know. I do talk about it sometimes on there, but you can just, you know, Twitter's a big place. You're not going to see all of it. But the other problem is, like, I think. What this is coming from, and this is just my opinion on it based on a lot of stuff I've read about COVID-19 and how people react to it, there's a lot of people that are just done. They think they can just say, oh, well, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of wearing masks. I'm tired of, you know, having to be told I have to get a vaccine. I'm tired of having to be tested before I go into workplaces and concerts and venues and whatever. So I'm just going to pretend it's gone and we're just going to go back to how it was before. And let everybody catch COVID. You know, I think that's what it is. I think they're exhausted. I can understand people being exhausted from, you know, all the stuff that's changed over the last couple of years because of this. But the answer isn't to go backwards. It's to keep using those things that kept a lot of people safe so that you don't have a whole bunch of people dying all at once because you made them go back to the office and didn't provide proper ventilation and all of that. I mean, it's just... I don't understand how people in these big companies aren't smart enough to figure out that this is a terrible idea. But here we are. We've got two gaming companies doing this. The changes with Riot came alongside Riot's broader push to return to its Los Angeles office, which started this week and will continue rolling out based on the demands and needs of individual projects. Anyone assigned to the Los Angeles office must be in the office on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, with Monday and Friday being flexible work-from-home days. If you are someone who's basically healthy, if you have been vaccinated to the degree that you you need to based on your age, which varies across this country, um, the, you know, it, I remember like when the vaccines first came out not that long ago, it was starting with older people and moving your way down. So depending on your age, you might not be able to get the vaccine yet, especially if you're, I think, under the age of 12, I think. I think it's like that. I don't know if five-year-olds are getting vaccinated yet, but I don't think they are um, in any case. If you're someone who's sick or you have some, you know, you're immune compromised, you catch everything. I do. I catch everything. And your workplace says you have to be in the office three days a week in a row. And then you can have, you know, Monday and Friday to work from home and have your weekends off. You're still at risk. (laughs) You're still at a grave risk from this. And I don't understand why they don't care about people like me. You know, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of people you know that probably don't talk about it. But that's what they're doing. That's what these big companies are doing. And I think it's a terrible, terrible idea. Um, Yeah. uh, There's a paragraph in here from Vice. It's important to make clear that the fact that Riot Games is operating exactly as the local government in Los Angeles is expecting it to and providing additional safety measures. While many workers across the country who have been working from home for two years are wondering why they're being asked to return to the office, while new strains of COVID-19 are still spreading and case rates are going up in some areas, Riot Games and other companies are following instructions from the WHO, the CDC, OSHA, and state and local health authorities. That doesn't mean it's safe. That doesn't mean it's safe. It means some of those organizations have flat out given up and don't care anymore. And I predict if we have enough of these big companies, this is just some gaming companies, I'm sure there's companies outside of gaming trying to do this too, we're going to see an uptick again in COVID cases. And it could all be prevented if these people would just do the right thing and it'd you know, it be over quicker. We've got a tweet from Ben Nadler on Twitter, of course, uh, who is the lead environment artist at That's No Moon Entertainment and he has quote tweeted the article I just read you about Riot Games. I didn't read you the whole thing, but I read enough of it. And Ben Nadler says, "Our studio, so that would be That's No Moon Entertainment, supports full remote for those who want it, and those who choose to work in studio are required to be vaccinated and wear masks. If you're affected by Riot's policy or ABKs and looking for a new home, we are hiring almost 30 positions across almost all departments." So if 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 you can't work under those conditions, maybe try to get a job there. I mean, it's a possibility. And then we have updated on April 7th, Activision Blizzard to convert all U.S.-based QA workers to full-time positions. This sounds excellent, but just, you know, stick with me for a minute and you'll see why it's not. Um, <laughs> seriously. So this is from um, Polygon, I think. Yeah, Polygon. Activision Blizzard will convert all its US based temporary and contingent quality assurance QA positions to full time jobs, the company announced Thursday. Nearly 1,100 workers will become full time Activision Blizzard employees, upping pay to at least $20 an hour, and allowing QA workers access to bonuses and full benefits. Activision Publishing Chief Operating Officer and Blizzard Entertainment Head, that's quite a title, uh, Mike Ybarra, shared the news with staff Thursday. Quote, across Activision Blizzard, we are bringing more content to players across our franchises than ever before, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson said in a statement emailed to Polygon. As a result, we are refining how our teams work together to develop our games and deliver the best possible experiences for our players. We have ambitious plans for the future, and our quality assurance QA team members are a critical part of our development efforts. The conversion of all U.S.-based QA staff to full-time employment increases Activision Publishing's total full-time workforce by 25%. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson said that both Activision Publishing and Blizzard Entertainment will continue to use Quote, external partner support, end quote, for QA workers when, quote, workload spikes and exceeds the, the team's bandwidth. So, this sounds to me like if I just read that far and stopped, I would think, wow, they're all going to be full time workers. That's awesome. They're going to get benefits. They're going to have all that, all that stuff, all that, you know, protection, things like that. That's great. Because, as I've said and mentioned in previous episodes, the QA workers, have a really rough job. And there are people that are having physical injuries from doing too much crunch work to constantly do the same thing over and over. Uh, There's been reports of people who had to use VR glasses, goggles, whatever that thing is, to test out the same thing over and over that are having problems with their eyes now. I mean, this isn't just, you know, I mean, this is a tough job, right? And they should be treated well. And I'm thinking, wow, they're actually going to do the right thing here. And they're going to have everybody like, you know, able to like... Get a normal, like a, a good amount of money, and maybe not have to face all of the problems that they had before. That'd be great, you know. Um, there's a couple of emails that were sent from Activision Publishing and uh, from Mikey Barra, uh, head of Blizzard. And I'll leave you to read those if you'd like to read them. As I said, everything will be in the show notes. There was a couple of updates added to this article. One was at three twelve PM um, the day it published, I think, and it's uh, it's changed a bit. So. After publication, Bloomberg News reported that Raven software QA workers would not receive the same raises. Activision Blizzard confirmed this in a statement mailed emailed to Polygon, quote, due to our legal obligations under the National Labor Relations Act, we cannot institute new pay initiatives at Raven at this time, because they would be new kinds there would be new because they would be, it says they would be new kinds of compensation changes. That's what they sent. The Activision Blizzard spokesperson also said that the QA conversion, quote, does not have any relation to the petition pending at Raven Studio. The Raven situation is limited to Raven. Okay, so what did Raven Studios do? They're pushing to have a union. This is union busting. That's what this is. They, you know, that's why I titled the show Union Busting is Disgusting because what they're basically saying is okay, we're going to take on all these people and we're going to give them at least $20 an hour, but not you guys because you guys are involved in trying to have a union so that you'll have protections, so that you won't have to hope that, you know, that we'll give you stuff. We're going to make it look like we're giving you good stuff, but we won't have to keep it because you're not in a union, all these other people, but you know. And then there's a quote here from the Communication Workers of America Secretary-Treasurer Sarah Steffens, and she provided the following statement to Polygon and to other press regarding the QA conversion. Here's what she wrote. Make no mistake, all credit for Activision Blizzard's latest move to give all temporary and contingent QA team members full-time employment and a raise should go to the workers who have been organizing, mobilizing, and speaking out. It's especially galling, then, that Activision has excluded Raven Software QA workers who have been at the forefront of this effort from these benefits. The company's assertion that the National Labor Relations Act prevents them from including Raven workers is clearly an effort to divide workers and undermine their effort to form a union. And there's a parenthesis in there, Game Workers Alliance and CWA. Uh, Activision's disingenuous announcement is further evidence for the need for workers to have a protected voice on the job. We strongly urge Activision Blizzard to rectify this situation and respect QA workers' protected rights to organize under the law. So this is, you know, a lot of people are busy. A lot of people don't have time to read all the uh, gaming stuff and and things like that, and they're going to get the message from the headlines, oh, look, those workers are going to have great things for them and it turned out to be essentially a bait and switch you know activision blizzard is like oh hey we're gonna give you guys at least 20 bucks an hour and maybe more and all of this but not you guys you guys that want a union no you don't get anything this is ridiculous this is ridiculous i mean i can't not i cannot imagine why a company as big as activision blizzard with as much money as it makes wants to pull these kinds of shenanigans It's ridiculous. This is, this should totally, I don't know if this is legal, honestly, to exclude people that are trying to get a union going. I'm not sure, but it sounds bad. (laughs) It really does. It kind of sounds like perhaps the spokespeople, whoever they were, they're anonymous at Activision Blizzard, decided to uh, wait a while and let the news go out that they were hiring all these QA workers as full-time with good wages and, you know, although, to clarify on that, if their if their lower end is twenty dollars um, an hour, I've read a lot of people saying that that's not enough money to live in an apartment in you know the area around where they'd have to work. You know, uh, California is expensive in a lot of places, so that might not be as helpful. But I think the message people are going to get just from glancing at social media or at headlines is, oh, they're doing the right thing, hooray! But they're not. They're using it as a front to make them look good so that they can then, you know, try to exclude the ABK people that are, that's wrong. The Raven software people who are trying to get a union. I'm not sure. I think they did a vote and I'm not sure where it went from there. I can't remember off the top of my head, but that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. They like, it's like a bait and switch. Oh, look, we're doing this great thing. No, we're not. You know, that kind of thing. It's just, I don't know what the heck these people are thinking. Um, And it, It probably fooled a lot of people into saying, oh, look how good they are. And this includes a better ABK, a better ABK Twitter account. It must have been when these news articles just popped out because, you know, like I said, there was updates on these that said what was really happening later. And so here's some tweets, a little bitty thread from the at uh, a better ABK account on Twitter For nearly a year, ABK Workers Alliance has advocated for our quality assurance employees and raised awareness surrounding the issues they face. We are overjoyed to announce that today, ABK has declared that 1,100 quality assurance testers will be converted to full-time employment and will receive a pay raise, effectively making their wages $20 an hour. A year ago, we made a promise to make a better ABK. Little by little, we are accomplishing that goal. This is the power of collective action. When you work with your coworkers for the betterment of your workplace, The impossible becomes possible. And they used the hashtag a better ABK and the hashtag every voice matters. Because it was early in the day, right? So now I said I'd come back to Jason Shearer that writes for Bloomberg. He started with a tweet that said, New, Activision Blizzard just told staff that all of its 1,100 quality assurance testers will be, one, converted from contract to full-time, and two, bumped up to at least $20 an hour, a big win for QA in the wake of several worker revolts and a burgeoning union efforts story soon. Then he followed up. Slight clarification on my wording here. 1,100 is the number of temp and contract QA testers that are being converted to full-time, according to Activision Blizzard. There are other testers at the company who are already full-time staff. And then the articles at the bottom now, this one was behind a paywall when I tried to read it, so I'm just going to read his tweet about it. Actually, he's got a little. He's got like two little tweets. So here's a tweet with the article connected to it that I can't access right now. And he wrote, and here's the catch: Activision will not give raises to to Raven QA testers who are unionizing. Quote: Due to our legal obligations under the National Labor Relations Act, the company said in an email seen by Bloomberg News. He continues: Activision Blizzard PR sent out a blast to journalists this morning with the big news featuring emails from studio heads, but did not mention that unionizing Raven QA testers are are Not part of it, which Bloomberg News learned shortly afterwards. Yeah, that's what went down. It was like a bait and switch. It's trying to break a union. And then we have the Game Workers Alliance. Uh, the Twitter account is at wearegwa. First of all, we want to say that we are thrilled with today's news. Our fellow QA workers in QAMN, QATX, QALA, and have one FTE uh, full time employment uh, status and arrays those letters together sound like radio stations but they're talking about qa uh, workers in minnesota texas and la or louisiana probably la they're, i know they're in la okay uh we've been organizing for this and so much more for all of us today proves our collective organizing efforts work and we won't stop they continue today's announcement by uh activision blizzard is that right at atvi underscore A-B. I'm not sure what that is. To give all temp and contingent QAT members full employment and raises is because of worker organizing at and they tagged a better abk. And their decision to exclude us, the workers of we are GWA Game Workers Alliance, is their attempt to divide workers and undermine our right to unionize. I'm pretty sure that Raven is, well, I'll just read the rest. It is unsurprising but nevertheless disappointing that Activision has chosen to exclude Raven software QA workers who have been at the forefront demanding better pay and benefits from the company-wide wage release. Sorry about that. Um, The company's assertion that the NLRA prevents Activision from including Raven QA workers is simply a ploy to punish us for choosing to stand shoulder to shoulder with our fellow workers as as at we are GWA. Activision's announcement is further evidence of the need for all workers at Activision Blizzard to have a protected voice on the job. We strongly urge at ATVI underscore AB, this is probably Activision Blizzard, to rectify this situation and respect our protected right to organize under the law. That is what they did. Then you have Code CWA, which is also involved in this. They're another um, uh, unionizing group. And uh, they wrote this, Make no mistake, all credit for Activision Blizzard's latest move to give all temporary and contingent QA team members full-time employment and raise should go to the workers, a better ABK, who have been... it's uh, at a better ABK, who have been organizing, mobilizing, and speaking out. It's especially galling then that Activision has excluded Raven software QA workers who have been at the forefront of this effort from these benefits. The company's assertion that the national labor relations act prevents them from including Raven workers is clearly an effort to divide workers and undermine their effort to form a union. Activision's disingenuous announcement is further evidence of the need for workers to have a protected voice on the job. We strongly urge Activision, Activision Blizzard to rectify this situation and represent Raven QA workers protected right to organize under the law. Moving on, there's a tweet here from someone going by the name Muffin Muffin is a senior software engineer at Blizzard Entertainment and some other stuff, I think. So Muffin wrote, Hey all, my team at Blizzard Entertainment Corporate Apps is hiring. We get to work on cool stuff like the apps that give employees free game keys or apps that help organize BlizzCon. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Happy to chat. And there's a link to the job position. And somebody was asking, um, is this a position that is likely to to be able to stay remote. I am not interested in moving my family to California, but it seems like a neat opportunity that aligns with my experience. And someone asks BlizzCon 2022 when, right? Um, I'm going to look at the job thing and see what that says. Cause that might answer those questions. There's a lot here. Okay. So the team name, uh, it's a senior software engineer that they're looking for. The team name is it information systems. I'm skimming it to see if they're going to allow you to work from home. Doesn't really say one way or the other in this one. There's a lot of qualifications. It's qualifications I don't have, that's for sure. Um, it's talking about like different, it looks like coding maybe that you, I, I don't really know. But there, there's no mention in here of work from home at all. There's another job out, Associate Historian uh, Lore, comma lore. Um, and this is from Blizzard. And... Uh, It's under the creative development team. The job title is associate historian comma lore. There's a requisition number. Blizzard entertainment's creative development team is seeking an associate historian to support the growing needs of Warcraft within our award winning lore department. Are you an exceptional note taker? Do you thrive in a high stakes and fluid work environment that requires creative problem solving, technical proficiency and peerless attention to detail? Are you highly organized with superior research and reference creation skills? Are you a maestro at orchestrating digital assets and design documentation there's a COVID 19 hiring update on this job that says we've transitioned to a work from home model and we're continuing to interview and hire during this time this role is expected to begin as a remote position keyword there is begin uh, we understand each person's circumstances may be unique and we'll work with you to explore possible interim options and then it says what the requirements are and the responsibilities and what you need to send um, this is specifically for warcraft it says it just specifically says warcraft so if this was a diablo one i i might maybe think about it for a minute but i don't know enough about world of warcraft someone does out there so i mean maybe this job is for you and it looks like you might be able to work remotely so that's a step in the right direction here is uh someone named julie who is the ux ux director at fortnite games um and she wrote this apropos of nothing Epic is hiring for a huge range of roles. My team, Fortnite UX/UI, also supports remote work. I'm permanent remote myself right now. If you are an intern/slash mid/slash senior/slash lead UXD tech designer, UI artist, vizd, or UX researcher, hit me up. And also, her engineer friends are specific who are uh, also to her engineer engineer friends who are specifically interested in the UX/UI space. Yeah, so that's an option if you are part of Activision and you don't want to work in the office under those conditions. There's some options out there. And then we're going to move over a little bit here to some of the Diablo stuff. The Diablo account has I've said this before, really taken on like the tone of Diablo himself, right? And there's a there's been a thing going on on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, you may not know about it, but it starts with we're canceling and then it's like whatever they're canceling and they want people to post those things like there was one that was like we're canceling food today tell us the foods that need to be canceled or something this was not from the diablo account it's several other accounts doing this and there were then it just iterated into we're canceling you know something else and all this so the diablo account says we're canceling mortals who hoard useless items post what you're hoarding and Nineball posted a picture of his hoard with all his Diablo stuff, and he wrote, it's a small horde, but it's mine. <laughs> and um, Wyatt Chang posted a picture, a screenshot of Natalia's mark. It's a, a set ring, or it was a set ring. It's described as a symbol of the old ways. It's a demon hunter thing. And he said, this pre-Reaper of Souls 4 piece of Natalia's wrath that granted two discipline per second. That's what he's hoarding. Red October says, so much useless storage, but expanded the phone storage. And there's all these little storage things and little, like, thumb drives and stuff. Um, someone responded, I have nearly 9,000 dice, but I would argue they're not useless. Mostly not useless. And Diablo responded, "Geed might be interested. Someone named Kenneth responds that he is hoarding useless items. And Diablo said, here's a thought. Drop them. <laughs> Someone says I am so canceled. Like nine stash tabs have canceled, and the Diablo account said, "Consider yourself condemned." And then someone wrote that they are hoarding Wurt's leg, and Diablo responds, "Wurt needs it more than you." <laughs> it just goes on and on and on, you know. Um, but there's more stuff in that thread, so I'll probably post a link to the thread itself, and you can check it out. People are posting like the the stuff that they. You know all their loot basically and um someone here has like a vanilla d3 manticore that they're hoarding that's still in their stash i suppose and it's just kind of fun it's a lot more fun than some of like the food ones and other things because this is so niche to like the, the games we're all interested in so i thought it was worth sharing there's another one that the diablo account did they said we offer extensive hell care that's right care, including, and there's a little heart with flames on it, complimentary cremation. There's a little green vial of some kind of liquid, unlimited potions. And then there's a tooth and it says free mortal teeth. Join us. Hashtag world health day. <laughs> And Red October responded with like the best one in the thread, but the copay is an arm and Wurt's leg and the Diablo account says a small price to pay. And I thought that was funny. Um, Someone named Morgan said, will Hellcare take care of me if I die in Diablo on Hardcore? And Diablo says, only one way to find out. <laughs> you know, And it just goes on and on. Uh, someone asks, can you do ear replacements? And I think we all know that that's a Diablo 2 reference. So, I mean, it just... It's just goofy in a weird, twisted way that we all like, so I figured I'd bring it here. The other big thing from April 4, actually, was an announcement of Season 26, which I think is supposed to start on the 15th. Yeah, April 15th at 5pm PDT, CEST, and KST, shortly after uh, the next Diablo 3 update. That's when that's supposed to happen. It is my understanding that the current Season 25 is going to end on the 10th. I got a lot to do. And I don't think I'm going to get through it all. So um, I'll just see what I can. I got through uh, chapter four and I'm working on some of the other stuff. And it's all um, on my YouTube, which is the Book of Jen YouTube. And a lot of it's in my website, same title. So here's what we got in this uh, Fall of the Nephilim Season 26 Patch 2.7.3 preview blog. It's a new season name, so I'll read you that part. That's always the fun part. Here's the description. The souls of heroes defeated in the internal struggle against evil call for aid. Astute Nephilim will listen to the petrified screams of the dead and find themselves attuned to the last agonizing moments of the departed. Will these Nephilim heed the whispers of atonement of fallen heroes and survive their echoing nightmare? Or will they be forever trapped, becoming just another fallen Nephilim? Only time will tell. Alright, so it says, in Season 26, we will introduce the Echoing Nightmare. This is our first seasonal theme that introduces a new activity to the game. In the Echoing Nightmare, players will experience an intense, densely packed, increasingly challenging event that stretches their ability to stay in the fight as long as possible. We found inspiration in Oryx Warning. Many Nephilim have stood where you are now, but few succeeded in overcoming the trials. The Echoing Nightmare explores what happened to those Nephilim who did not succeed. And there's seasonal cosmetic rewards. Um, This time, of course, you're going to get the transmog, two pieces of the transmog of the Conqueror set. Uh, A new series of portrait frames themed around the enigmatic Tal Rasha will be available. And for the Nephilim hero who wants to embody the spirit of justice, a pennant dedicated to everyone's favorite archangel will also be available. Just remember, you cannot judge justice itself. However, we know it's nice to have something new to aim for if you've participated in previous seasons. We're continuing to provide the end-of-journey rewards as introduced in Season 17 with two new cosmetic ones for those who can complete the entirety of the Season journey. Uh, Endure the fall of the Nephilim and complete the Season 26 Guardian journey to earn the Rackus Remembrance Portrait and the Toothsome Trooper Pet. The Toothsome Trooper Pet is holding a weapon that looks like a giant lollipop. One of those swirl pops, you know, it's white and blue. <laughs> and uh, he's holding that. He's got some armor on and uh, his head and his his shoulders and very little else. He definitely has a lot of teeth. So, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of neat. I almost never get those. I don't, almost never make it to that point. But, okay, so the journey rewards uh, in Conqueror. It seems to be the Conqueror tier you have to... Um, Unlock. Players who have not yet earned a total of 5 stash tabs via the Season Journey can still unlock an additional one by completing the following tasks at the Conqueror tier. Complete a level 70 Torment 13. Rift under 5 minutes. Complete Greater Rift 60 solo. Kill Geed on Torment uh, 13. Kill the Butcher at level... 70 in Torment 13 in under 30 seconds. Reforge a legendary or set item. That seems easier. Um, Augment an ancient item with a level 50 or greater legendary gem. Level 3 legendary gems to 55 or complete 2 conquests. Um, I don't know if you have to do all of those. And then the seasonal conquests are um, listed here. It's not I don't think there's anything new in here. And then we have the freebie set as I call it and many others have called it before me and so depending on what class you want to play in season 26 the Barbarian is getting the Legacy of Rekor set the Crusader has Armor of Akan Demon Hunter has Embodiment of the Marauder Monk has Inna's Reach which I got two pieces of that in season 25 and it looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll do that again. The Necromancer has Pestilence Master's Shroud the Witch Doctor has Zunamasa's Haunt which I had a whole set of and it was really fun Fun like several seasons ago. I'm assuming it's the same. Uh, Wizard has Del Sears magnum opus. So that's what you can um, expect to pick up as you go through the season journey and uh, get the freebie pieces, you know, a couple at a time as you go. Looks like there's been some updates here a little bit. There's um, the Echoing Nightmare stuff. Petrified screams and the Echoing Nightmare can only be accessed with seasonal characters. Only one player is required to transmute a petrified scream to open an Echoing Nightmare in a multiplayer game. Similar to a boss encounter, all players in a multiplayer game must accept a prompt to enter. That's pretty standard for uh, Diablo 3. While within an Echoing Nightmare, the difficulty scales as players progress in the encounter. Players can progress faster by defeating monsters quickly. Players receive the following rewards upon completing an Echoing Nightmare. EXP, Legendary Items, Blood shards, gems and a new legendary gem, Whisper of Atonement. The Whisper of Atonement is a legendary gem used exclusively for augmenting ancient legendary items. Aha, that's why it's one of the one of the ones listed above. Uh, it drops pre-ranked based upon the player's performance in the Echoing Nightmare. Here's some more details. Rare monsters now spawn within an uh, an echoing nightmare. Meteors now fall from the sky. Hellish machinations now appear, which spawn streams of exploding lunatics. (laughs) Oh my. Um, Rift guardians now spawn. Increased the frequency of which monsters spawn. Updated the Shadow Clone explosion to better af- reflect the area of effect. The exit timer has been increased to 60 seconds. Increased the possible rank a Whisper of Atonement can drop to 125 based on the tier completed. Monsters in Echoing Nightmares can no longer be frozen, stunned, rooted, or knocked back. Wow. Wow. Fixed a bug that caused conduit shrines to deal less damage than intended. <laughs> That's okay. I'm glad you fixed it. And then there's some updates. Uh, monsters from the Echoing Nightmares no longer drop gold items or health globes. Adjusted the damage done by exploding lunatics and meteors to be more d- to be more deadly. Adjusted meteor and fallen lunatic multi damage to be physical. Adjusted the difficulty of tiers 100 plus. Replaced the shield pylon with a speed pylon that kind of makes sense i think maybe um adjusted the exp rewarded by echoing nightmares to be aligned with greater rift turn-in rewards reduced the echoing nightmare closer closing timer to 30 seconds prevented echoing nightmares from being opened in games lower than level 70 and adjusted the drop rate of petrified screams from greater rift guardians and they're doing some different stuff with the greater rifts Oryx Dream, Greater Rifts have a small chance to roll as Oryx Dream. These dreamlike rifts have a curated list of maps and monster compositions. Three maps have been added and two maps have been removed from the Greater Rift Pool. They added Fields of Misery, Desolate Sands, and Briarthorn Cemetery. They removed the Sewers of Chaldeum and the Hidden Aqueducts. The probability of greater rift maps has been adjusted. The probability of monster groups have been adjusted. Uh, The following monsters have been adjusted to grant more progression and EXP within the greater rifts. Blazing Guardians, Smoldering Guardians, Frost Guardian, Noxious Guardian, Shock Guardian, Blood Clan Spearman, Dark Moon Clan Impaler, Moon Clan Impaler, Blood Clan Impaler, Impaler, Ice Clan Impaler, Hell Witch, Vile Temptress. Players can speak to Orc to close an active greater rift. This option is only available when in a single player game. Further, increase the progression granted by some monsters in Greater Rifts. Additionally, increase the progression granted by Fallen Shaman, Fallen Conjurer, Fallen Prophet, and Fallen Fire Mage. Updated visual effects upon entering an Orcs' Dream. Updated the Orcs' Dream vignette to be more pronounced. And then there's a bunch of stuff with uh, what they're doing to different armor pieces for different classes and such like that. I think it'll be interesting. I have no idea how well I'll do. (laughs) I didn't do the PTR because I... Normally don't, but overall it sounds good and I'm gonna try it and see how far I get and, um, you know, we'll just see how it goes. There's also a thing that was updated a week ago called Diablo 3 Performance Issues. And the common problems, again, are Diablo 3 is laggy, Diablo 3 3 is stuttering, my Diablo 3 FPS is low. And there's a list here of stuff you can do to um, make it work better. The the lag that I'm getting is when I go back into town and I open up the stash and I see nothing in there and the character sheet is all blanked out. But if you scroll over it, eventually the game finds it. I wonder if that's what they're talking about. Is that stuttering? I don't know. But there's some things in here if that's happening to you and and uh, you don't like it. And uh, we've got uh, one last thing to talk about here that I thought was pretty interesting. So Raxantarax had posted uh, Diablo 3 Season 26 Complete Leveling Guide for all classes. And he posted it on Reddit and that was earlier today as I'm recording this show. So you might want to check that out to see if, like, if you're not sure what class you want to play or, you know, that kind of stuff. This sounds like something good to check out that probably is very informative. So you might want to take a look. I think I'm going to take a look at it before I start playing, (laughs) at least. And that's pretty much all of it for now. So we've had some good in here and some really bad in here from, you know, bigger gaming companies that don't care anymore about the workers so much. But, you know, the workers are the ones who are putting out all this good Diablo content for us. And they deserve better. You know, they deserve better. And and with that, I'm going to uh, end the show. You have been listening to episode 354 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com Come join us in game. Our in-game community and clan, at least in Diablo 3, are both named Shattered Soulstone, and they're open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as the Shattered Soulstone website. Thank you for listening.